Pulp Barstool. We are back. I know, I know. It's been a while. I'm sorry. Should I be sorry? Is this where, is this where the kids say sorry, not sorry? Well, life happens, you know? But uh, I've got Andrew back on the show, which means we're going to talk lots of Facebook ad stuff. And uh, he's going to take the wheel, which means, I don't know, Andrew and JR are starting to interview me instead of me interviewing them. So maybe that just reflects on what kind of interviewer I am. But it's a lot of fun. And it takes pressure off me. Uh, allows me to drink my Big Daddy IPA. But uh, we're going to talk about um, the latest revelation of inflated um, video view metrics. We're going to talk about rising ad costs and what you should do. We're going to talk about some of these new awesome website custom audiences and how I'm using them. And uh, we're going to talk about certification. There's lots of good stuff in there. And at the very end, we do also talk about how you can set up a time to talk one-on-one with either me, Andrew, or JR. So if you want to talk about Facebook ads, definitely talk to me or Andrew. And I only talk on Thursdays. Andrew can give you other times as well. Andrew, it's actually a little bit less expensive to talk to him. And uh, so if you want to talk advanced, beginner, intermediate, I mean, any of the three, he'd, he'd be a good option for you too. Especially if, you, if you're not comfortable with uh, my price point. And then JR, he's more talking about uh, business-related stuff. Setting up your business, being an entrepreneur, being a CEO, CEO, COO, whatever. I mean, he helped me start my business. So he's a good person to talk to. So that's johnlumber.com slash consult or consult is the new URL I'm setting up for that um, to learn more and book your time. All right. So sit back, relax, pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, John here from JohnLimmer.com and John Limmer Digital on Facebook. Here with another edition of the Social Media Pubcast where we invite you to the virtual pub and we get drunk on social media. Yeah, I was afraid I wasn't even going to be able to remember that intro because it's been a while. Andrew, it has been a minute. Yeah, more than a minute. And I know that's what the, ki- <laughs> I know that's what the kids say, but <laughs> it's not very accurate. You know, JR and Andrew keep uh, rescheduling on me and everything else. I'm going to give you a hard time, but very happy because I can't, I can't function without Andrew and JR. Like there used to be a time where I would do these by myself. I can't, it's, I can't do that anymore. So Andrew, really happy to have you back on the show. How you doing, man? Hey, I am doing really great and it is really, really nice to be here as well. Uh, it is just good to be back on the show. Uh, it's an honor. been hearing from all my fans across the world. Where have you been? Uh, actually, I only got one email. So, <laughs> Was that from <laughs> me? Somebody saying, when, when are you going to be back on? Yeah. It was uh, not from you. It was from uh, a gentleman in Australia um, who I'd never heard of before, but said he really enjoys them. So thank you for for listening. Uh, I have to, would have to go back and check out his name. But i tell you, all my raving fans um, are out there, and people – I, I mean, people download it, so hopefully you guys find this interesting and helpful, uh, and we do get good feedback when we do this, so it's yeah, much appreciated. We do. So you know how it works, Andrew. You got a brew? What are you drinking? 
I tell you, I am, to be totally honest with you, uh, I'm already drunk on social media, so mm. I don't need to get drunk. And I, I'm drinking water because I have a dentist appointment immediately following this that I've tried to reschedule. I actually have successfully rescheduled uh, three times, so <laughs> I've got to go. I <laughs> guess. I'm not a fan of the dentist, so oh, I do not have a beer. But I promise you, I've been drinking a lot of this uh, Bell's <laughs> Oarsman Ale lately. Have you ever heard of Bell's from Michigan? Hmm. Nice Oarsman Ale. It's, it's a sour beer. Oh, I like sour um, beers. I like them. But it's not like super soury. Yeah. It's not like an over-the-top Belgian sour. So mm-hmm. I've really been enjoying that. It's been super solid. It's been having that quite a bit lately. Well, we'll that and a little Liney's Original. What are you drinking? I'm working on a Big Daddy IPA. Uh, it's a San Francisco speakeasy ale and lager. Handcrafted. Uh, 6.5% alcohol. It's uh, I, the first one Big I had. Daddy. Yeah, Big Daddy. I think the first one I had was last night. Although I probably, I guarantee I probably recorded a pubcast with the. I, I try so hard to have something new every time, but uh, it gets gets uh, challenging. But uh, I think it's it's pretty good. I like the IPA. I don't know about you. Good stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, a good IPA is solid, especially for uh, for ten a.m. in the morning. <laughs> exactly. All right. Cheers, you, my man. Cheers. Cheers. Ah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I've got to run some errands, too. So, you know, I, I sh- one beer, I'll be okay, but I don't have to have anybody putting their face into my mouth or anything, though. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It is just not my faith. But, you know, it's it's uh, you pay for the insurance, and you're like, i got to go do it. Yeah, you exactly. Know, take advantage. Exactly. So, uh, you know, I, I've gotten kind of lazy on these pubcasts. I've got, I've got JR, who interviews me uh, when, when we do that typically once a month. Uh, Andrew, now it sounds like you wanted to go to that, that route well, too. I'm, I'm starting to think maybe it's because I'm such a bad interviewer. You guys just want to interview me instead. But uh, yeah, that's I don't fine. think so. I mean, I think, you know, I think it's, uh, I think it's to be totally honest, you know, interviewing is more interesting because it's, uh, people want to hear from you, you know, too, and they want to hear your thoughts. And so I, I enjoy being interviewed. You know, my, my dream job is to be a radio DJ. I don't know if you oh. ever know that. So I, I've always, I love this stuff. Is it like a AM radio or a certain type of music or what would it be? I would just love to, to be on radio, public radio, honestly. Um, but I don't think it'll ever happen. Uh, just to, I, I, th- I thought about hosting a podcast. Anyway, we can get into that in another time. That's some deep cuts for some people. Oh, but hey, hey. Uh, for, for, this is completely random and no reason I'm even bringing it up. But I don't listen to podcasts, uh, except someone recommended this one to me the other day. And it's actually pretty awesome. And it sounds terrible. But it's called My Dad Wrote a Porno. And, okay. and so it's basically this guy and his two friends and they're, they're British, which I think makes it sound more intelligent. And this guy's dad wrote a porno and they, he go, they go through reading each chapter of it and just com- the commentary and just like how awful and ridiculous it is. And it's, it's, it's pretty funny. So how, how do you recommend check it? That out. Yeah. So it's, right, well, it's, thank so, you. it's, you know, it sounds, it sounds ridiculous, but, uh, it's actually pretty funny, and I think it's a great idea. And you guys should, yeah, should check it out. It has nothing to do with All mar- right. nothing to do with marketing, but who cares? Perfect. All right, so go ahead, man. What you got? 
Well, I mean, you know, look, I think the biggest news uh, coming out of Facebook that I've heard from those of us that would listen to this podcast and, and that are direct response advertisers on Facebook is uh, been hearing about rising costs and performance. Um, it has been in the last 30 days, I would say, 30 to 45 days, maybe uh, post-Labor Day, has been particularly difficult for people um, in terms of getting their... Uh, you know, ads shown, getting the conversions they're used to, and that formula has been has been pretty tough. So, have you been hearing about this as well from other people in terms of rising competition, or have you been seeing it? It's you know, this is weird because uh, I always get someone who claims it doesn't matter what day of the week it is or year time of the year or what. I've always got someone emailing saying, "Hey, something's up. What's going on? Why are the prices going up?" And uh, so. In you know you're saying that so that you know maybe there's something going on. Um, I'm not seeing anything. I actually have spent more than I've ever, well, probably more than I've ever spent before consistently for like a month, month and a half. And I mean, in, so when you do that, prices go up kind of naturally as well. But like the the normal things I was doing, like promoting blog posts and anything that was kind of at a lower budget, none of those prices were changing. So um, when I hear it from a person here or there, I ch- generally ch- chalk it up to small sample size. But I mean, what? I guess you're, you're hearing some stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm experiencing it. I've been, I've been actually fielding calls from people. Um, I probably had between five and ten emails in the last 10, 15, 10 to, you know, two weeks, 10 days to two weeks alone about it. Um, and a lot of it is the people that are falling in the direct response category. So a lot of people using website conversions. And I think a lot of it stems from, you know, the Facebook coming out and saying, we are going to show less ads uh, a couple of months ago and saying it's going, you know, it's something that we are going to make harder. And they certainly took that to be true. I mean, there have been stories I've heard uh costs of, of impressions have gone up by about 30 to 40 percent in terms of getting especially in the news feed. Um, if you actually think about it, you know, when was the, I mean, was, think about when was the last time you actually like saw a mobile app install ad even, right? I mean, you don't really see them that much anymore and still people really trying to push it, push them through. And so uh, it's been difficult on, you know, even bidding and we've talked to previously on the over about the override with an optimized CPM on the override. Mm-hmm. And um, that has been, you had, you've had to increase that significantly in many, many cases. And so, I, you know, I think when you're, when you're hit with that, um, you know, different people do different things. And, uh, but I, I'd be curious, you know, if somebody said that to you on a one-on-one, you know, Hey, I'm seeing really, I have seen rising costs. I've talked to other people. Um, what do you think would be some of the things that you do about it? I mean, what, what would be a next step? If let's say somebody called you and they said, I'm spending $20,000 a month on Facebook and a lot of it is conversion. I mean, what are some, what are some things that I can do to try other things to keep that traffic coming to my site? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, first of all, do things differently because what, what I, what I often hear when see people, people are seeing higher costs is, you know, I've been doing this for the last six months, last year, and I've had no issues. And all of a sudden, costs are through the roof. Well, you've been targeting the same group of people with the same message, and it's now it's not working. So, 
that shouldn't be a really big surprise. So a lot of times I think it's a matter of exhausting your audience. Your ads get stale. So that kind of thing just happens naturally. That's why I'm always skeptical when someone says that, that they're all cost because, well, I've been doing this forever using the same ads. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> so it's not going to work forever. Right. Um, so, so that's one of the things, but um, I think it all also comes down to, you know, and you talk about direct response. I mean, a lot of these people, a lot of these advertisers, all they're doing is selling something or all they're doing is trying to get an email address and selling something. And as a result, um, you know, you can find some success there. And but I'm always skeptical of it if that's all you're doing, because typically what that means is what you're doing is only targeting interests and look likes and things like that. So the long term play is always Make sure you build up the audience of people who knows who knows you, because those are the people who are going to result in the cheaper clicks and the cheaper conversions, the cheaper leads. Um, so if all you do is focus, like is for for if for the last couple of years you've been focusing on direct response, getting great costs, and doing nothing about driving traffic, and all of a sudden costs go up and you've got no website custom audience to speak of or just really, really small, then yeah, you're kind of screwed. Um, but in reality, what you should have been doing along the way is building that website traffic so that you could focus more on targeting those people, which those costs gen- tend to be really, really good. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think from a tactical standpoint, it's, um, it's trying that something new and what is that? Um, and looking at what Facebook is serving right now. So one of the answers that we've seen in the Power Hitters Club to this question, people have been asking it, and one of the answers I've heard from other people is trying uh, video views, mm-hmm. um, launching an ad for video views, and then actually retargeting people mm-hmm. that have watched a, you know, 95% of that video because you know that they're your people, um, and launching maybe not a website conversions ad at them, but maybe a post-engagement ad. And I think, you know, Facebook gives us these different objectives and they give us a lot of different things to try. And so I I think that's something that you can certainly try. It's also uh, a a good time when something like that happens to ask yourself, what what am I providing to people that's useful, (laughs) right? I mean, what? and I think to your point about advertisers uh, and going down the road of, you know, they've been doing the same thing for a long time. That is usually a big part of it. I mean, when was the last time you changed your even your inventory? I mean, what are you doing for people that is providing them something special and and different than what they're already seeing? And so some of it's actually can can cause you, I think, in a very good way to change your business model and and shift that to be a little bit more efficient in terms of how you're getting people there and the types of things you're actually providing. So, right. Yeah. And the, the video view strategy is one that I've been given more lately, too, in that. Well, so you basically have two options, in my opinion, to build that audience of people who know you rather quickly. Um, the video thing is easier. So I mean, what you could also do, you could, you could also write a whole bunch of really helpful blog posts. They're educational, entertaining, whatever that help your target audience. And then you can remarket to those people. Now, um, that takes a whole lot of work. Or you could create one really or several really, really good videos if that's where your skills lie as opposed to writing. And you can, yeah, remarket to those people. And so the whole purpose behind that, for anybody kind of confused, 
why we, why we would say video or, or promote blog post is that, you know, typically we're starting with a look like audience or targeting interests or whatever. There's a whole lot of unknown there in terms of the quality of those people. Um, but if we can kind of trim the fat, um, because there might be a lot of those people who'd be willing eventually to opt in or buy, but they're not ready with the first ad. So we can trim the fat by showing them a simple video. And um, so those people who have no interest in our subject matter at all are just going to ignore the video. But the rest of the people, if they've watched, you know, it depends. On, you can de- determine where that threshold is, whether it's 50 percent, 75 percent, 95 percent. Kind of depends on the length of the video, too, and the costs involved. Uh, but, you know, you, you sign a cutoff and say, OK, anyone who watched this much of the video then I'm going to show them could be that direct response ad or this that next ad in the funnel. And at that point, your cost should be better. Targeting these people who have watched that much um, to, to prove to you that they have some interest in this subject matter, whatever that is. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it's it's getting... It's getting creative of how you're combining those and, and getting creative of, of how you're using the different objectives. You know, so... And another tactic that um, I have heard and I actually used and didn't work as well um, is, you know, bidding for clicks with a website conversion and, and trying to look at what your average cost per website click would be and then bidding that way. Um, but that, of course, uh, that actually last year when I tried that, when things were, were getting a little bit more expensive, um, I tried that. And a couple of other people that I was in touch with tried that. Uh, and, it, and it worked pretty well, actually, of driving decent traffic in. But you know, I think Facebook is, is, is they're getting, obviously they're very smart in the way that they're, and so a click is going to get you a, a click. Um, and I think, you know, buying in the newsfeed too can't be understated. And a lot of people are also, you know, they go towards, uh, are still launching the ads to all placement and they're not thinking about eliminating, eliminating that audience network placement. I mean, have you seen anything come from audience network? Uh, yeah. I mean, I know you do a lot to with audience network through your own articles right through instant articles or have you seen no. heard anything so that? so like with my instant articles um i make sure to use my own ads so i don't need i don't i don't monetize my own stuff but um the the one thing i would say about audience network and no i have not seen a success with it and what, what's kind of uh frustrating about it is it is very inconsistent in terms of the distribution to audience network so like, which makes sense in a way because Facebook's optimizing. So like one time I saw this one ad I had running, I was going to all placement that was doing amazingly well, quote unquote, amazingly well. And I was getting like three cents per website click. And I looked a little bit closer and like a large percentage of the distribution was going to audience network. I have no, mm-hmm. no problem sending some of it to audience network, but I, since I don't have a high level of trust in terms of the quality of those clicks to audience network, um, I don't want that. So I turn it off. But, um, so first of all, to answer your question, um, I mean, there have been reports of success with audience network. I mean, they're typically coming from Facebook in terms of, you know, lots of clicks and even conversions. I can tell you personally that I will often see cheap clicks to audience network, but they don't do anything when they, when they come to my yep. site. Cause I think there's a and lot that's- of accidental clicks. 
Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think that's what I've heard from other people. Um, and I, it's certainly a, uh, you can get a lot of clicks on it, but a lot of them are low relevance score, low quality. Um, so yeah. that placement is just not, it's just not there yet. For, for now. For now. For and, now. And, yeah. But to, to kind of go back to one of the issues of, and I, I think this may be Facebook planning for the future, saying they're going to show fewer ads in the news feed and things like that is to push more ultimately through audience network, but audience network. Absolutely. And we, we've talked about this before, but audience network. And actually we've talked about all of this before me. Like I even theorized that Facebook could eventually get rid of ads on Facebook. They're not necessarily doing that yet, but they're, they're lowering the number of ads on Facebook and pushing more to audience network. Now the audience network the way we've known it so far has mainly been the uh, monetizing apps, which I think those are usually pretty low quality. But long term, when we're talking of instant articles where they don't just pop up surprisingly, um, they, they show up, you know, as you read an article or um, on people's mobile websites, which I still haven't figured out how to get that to work, but whatever. Um, as you get more and more of that happening, the quality of that should go up quite a bit. So um, so that's why I also want to caution anybody from just assuming long-term that audience network doesn't work. Um, but I've, I've got yeah, to think that that's... Absolutely. Because that's one of, those, one of those things where like people shut off right-hand column. And I think right-hand column can be really, really effective. Um, and if people automatically shut off right-hand column and audience network... And Facebook's lowering the number of ads to show up in those places. Competition's going to go up even more. That's really where the costs are coming from. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, audience network is going to, is going to be a placement that's going to be quality. So it's just we just have to keep testing it. I mean, there's a lot of options that are going to be there. And one thing I, I want to also touch on that I know you've you've been using and talking about. I mean, I've been using and others have been talking about it and actually really excited about. Um, of things that have been working is this custom audiences uh, based on top users and then custom audiences based on previous visitors that haven't been back in a certain amount of time. Um, can you explain that a little bit on the top users of what those are um, and then talk about kind of how you're using it? So, yeah, I mean, the basis are two different ways. And so you've got um, the uh, time on site. So basically anyone the top 5% 10 first 10% or 25% of people who spend the most time in your site which obviously is really valuable because otherwise what you're doing um, targeting any visitor to your website during the last 30 days 180 days whatever the problem with that is they're not all created equal so you got some people who visited once it could have been an accidental click it could have been you know bounce whatever they didn't really care or as opposed to someone who's visited your site 30 times, 50 times, whatever. Um, so there, there are two, two ways of kind of focusing in on those people who visited a lot. Um, you know, one is the time on site, which is, um, it's, it's weird how they separated these when, when creating a, web, a, custom, a, a website custom audience, but that one and then the, the one based on frequency where you can target people who visit your site multiple times, more than once, two times, five times, 10 times, whatever you want. So I'm using those, um, first of all, now when I, when I promote my blog posts, I used to only target everybody who visits my site over the last 180 days when I promote that blog post. 
Now I'm I'm usually doing it two plus times. And again, that's to that's not because it's like, oh, you know, it's a huge difference, but you're cutting out one important group, and that's the people who only visited once, which may have been an accidental click or something. If you visited twice, it tells me the quality is much more likely to be there. So mm-hmm. um, that's one way I'm doing it. Something else I, I'm having, I, I think is really cool is that, um, so to promote my webinars, because um, I'm really conscious of not abusing my audience. So the problem with a website custom audience, let's say I want to promote my webinars, I want to promote it ongoing. And, um, and I have one ad set going to a lookalikes overlap. I won't talk about how I do that. I, I use smartly to do that, but it looked like it's overlap. Another one, and that one I'm not even all worried about like uh, frequency and stuff because it's a really large audience, right? And then the other one is I'm going after website custom audiences. But the problem with website custom audiences is like if you're in that audience today, you're in it 180 days from now. If you visit it anytime during that time, I'm doing a 180 day website custom audience, and they're going to get exhausted from seeing my mm-hmm. ad. So what I've been doing is focusing only on the people who are most active on my site during the last 10 days. Yep. So, so assuming that that's going to be a, a moving window and it won't always be the same people. Um, and, but, but then I can only spend like, you know, five bucks or so per day targeting those people. I've also though been experimenting with instead of doing the five bucks per day optimized, I'm like, well, these are the people who are most active on my site. I'm doing like 20 bucks per day daily unique reach. So I'm trying yep. to reach all those people. Um, so that's there, there are lots of ways I'm using this, but that's a couple examples. Yeah, and that's and, you know using that daily unique reach, which is t- to clarify um, that people only see it once, right? I mean, so that you make sure that basically- Once, once they, per day, Max. Once per day. Yeah as a max. You're not annoying them. That's a great way to get in front of those people. And that's a way that not a lot of people are bidding. I mean, 99.9% of people are probably not using daily unique reach as a way to get in front of them. But I think, and to be clear though, about daily unique reaches, you usually shouldn't be using it. It's just for these unique types of situations where it's a very, very high quality audience and you don't want to optimize. You want to reach as many people in that audience as possible. Right, exactly. You want to get in front of them. And I, I mean, the, the quality of these users, I think, is, is big. I mean, you don't, and I've tried this with other clients. I mean, you don't have to have an incredible amount of website traffic to be able to do this. Um, but it helps, of course, if you have more traffic. But using those, those is really good. I mean, the top 5% people um, that I, I've been using has been incredibly wonderful in terms of getting in front of those audiences. Uh, and, you know, it, it's, it strikes me too. Uh, one thing that uh, is kind of using that, that top audience, it's the same thing of taking your e- your email list or your customer list, actually, and finding out those that have opened an email in the last 30 days or have, uh, you know, are your, have spent a certain percentage above what everybody else has spent. So they're your MVP audience. You know, it's, it's the same thing. Last week I was in Iowa City and saw Jay Bear speak at this conference. And, you know, he's he talks a lot about how, Many of us, uh, I forget the percentage, but there's a very small percentage that you spend on your customers that are already your customers, right? And so that's another thing that that you can do. You don't 
don't always focus on just getting brand new people in the door. I mean, yeah. how can you make sure you're taking care of your people that have already been there and are through your door and are your customer? And so using that 5% on your site, those are some of those people maybe. They've been around and they're always checking on you for a resource. So what can you give them that's super valuable? Don't just give them the same deal you're giving everyone else, right? Differentiate between them because they are your MVPs and you want to treat them differently. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm always frustrated when people talk about how, like, why would I target my website visitors or my email list or whatever? I want to get new ones. And that's just ridiculous. Like, yes, you want to get new ones, but the people who already visit your website, who are already on your email list, who have already bought from you, assuming they're happy with what they've seen, are the ones who are most likely to buy again if they have if they've bought already or buy for the first time because they're getting warmed up and they know who you are and they trust who you are mm -hmm. and all these things. So that's why it's so important to build these audiences, even to people who haven't bought from you yet, but people like drive more traffic. So yeah, there are more and more people now that you can reach who, who, who understand what you're all about. Build that email list and then run ads. Yeah, and like other people think this is crazy too. Run ads to people um, that's delivering the same message that you're also emailing to them at the same time. It makes right, multiple touch points. So as opposed to always this direct response of going after these this new audience, people have never heard of you before and hoping to find magic and get these crazy cheap conversions and stuff. It, doesn't, it just doesn't happen in, in the real world. So let's just talk, uh, switch gears a second and talk about uh, the recent scandal, scandal, scandal. Mm, I was wondering if that was going to come up. <laughs> On the video view metric that the Wall Street Journal wrote about last week, um, and then uh, there was a follow-up article that is by our friend Josh at TechCrunch, and I would encourage you to, to check that out um, that John and I are both quoted in. But essentially, um, the situation, and then I'll let John comment on this, is the percentage of video viewed metric, which is something that some people use, some people don't, if video is a big part of it, was being calculated incorrectly. Um, it was for two years. looking at for two years. So it was essentially calculating those that had watched three seconds or more of the video versus those that had watched or just not even between zero and three seconds. And Facebook Basically counts a view. Cut as those people recent. out, right. So, so cut those yeah. people out. So people felt that it was more disingenuous and it was making it look better than it actually was because it wasn't looking at all of the users. So what are, what are your thoughts on this, John? Do you feel like this is something that's worth talking about or, I mean, worth focusing on or, or not? Well, I mean, we need to talk <laughs> about it. We need to talk about it because, of course, you know, people are freaking out about it. Um you know, it, it's kind of tough for me for a couple of reasons. First of all, I don't do much video. So um, I, I, I can't kind of dig up any um, anger on this one and emotion because it's like it's not something I really cared about anyway. Um, that said, if I did a lot of video um, and even if and I, I, so I was thinking to myself, so if I did a lot of video, would that metric be? something I would be looking at. And so I thought, you know, it probably would be, but again, this is top of the funnel. It would be a metric I would look at, but knowing that that number was inflated 
universally by 60 to 80%, would that have made a difference? And I honestly can't say it would have. And the reason for that is it would have remained um, relative. So regardless of whether that number was 20 20 seconds or 25 seconds or 30 seconds or whatever, I'm not not doing good math there, 20 seconds or 35 seconds, for example, um, it's always going to be the same proportion from the other videos. To, to, so it'll help you understand whether it's actually effective or not compared to the other videos that you've done. So, and in reality, when we're measuring success, we're typically measuring some sort of true action, not just a video view. So did you have a call to action button on there? Were people clicking on a link? Were you driving traffic with it? Were they converting? I mean, there, so there are other things that are ultimately more important. Um, right. So, I, I, I mean, I struggle because I, I don't like making excuses for Facebook all the time because it, it's like I'm kind of tired of these things coming up. It's like it, it's, right. this is not the first time. Um, I would say that this is more egregious than, what was it, 2013 when Reach was underreported. Um, and everyone freaked out about that one because uh, because what's funny is that was right. the complete opposite uh, com- uh, complaint. They're like you're underreporting it to force me to pay, and now they're saying you're overreporting it to make me think it's great to make me pay more. Like so, it's kind well, of weird. I, I, I think I think there's there's a couple different things. I mean, first of all, um, you know, Gracie is Gracie, and I talked about this, and, and when Josh emailed us to to get a quote. Uh, you know, the first thing that came, Gracie, for those of you that don't know, is my business partner, Foxwell Digital, and I'm also my wife and life partner, so there you go. But what she said was, first, first of all, they are, they're a leader in the industry, right? So in video, they are, I mean, they're not YouTube, but Facebook video is a big thing, and a lot of people spend a lot of money on it. And because of being one of the biggest players in the game, they have a responsibility to mm-hmm. shareholders, to advertisers, to users, to be transparent in the way that they're reporting this data. So uh, they screwed up and uh, and they admitted it. Uh, two, years two years later. Yeah, yeah. So it's clear that there's a lot, to me it's clear that there's a lot of metrics that they use or that they've calculated that, that could, could go under another review. And maybe this triggered that and hopefully it will, you know, it'll be better. Uh, I think, I don't think this is one of those things that shifts uh, major budgets. There are certainly some people that could have shifted budgets and made decisions based upon this, uh, but I don't think it's an, a major deal. But I think, it, you know, they, they're, because of their market position and because of who they are, people are looking for, and, you know, people feel like when they don't do Facebook ads right, they're like, I feel like this is just taking my money, like, and I'm not getting anything out of it. And this falls under that narrative, which is, which is, man, Facebook, you know, they're just, they're always trying to figure it out, you know, and like, why didn't I see that? And they, for some reason, there's always been a feeling from people, whether you're a user or an advertiser, that to some degree, Facebook's out to get you, right? Mm. Or like, they kind of, and so this falls under that narrative. And that is a, they, I mean, obviously their stock is growing. People are seeing that the company is profitable and doing very well, and they're beating your earnings expectations. But it is something that they have a response I, they have a responsibility to be more transparent Absolutely. about this and to, um, to, to make sure that they are 
going through a consistent review and yeah. saying, we looked at this, is there not things that we're not, do, you know, that we're doing? And so something being like that for two years is, is in my opinion, unacceptable. And I'm sure that Mark Zuckerberg said the same thing. I'm sure that Sheryl Sandberg said the same thing. So uh, there's other stuff that's more important, but the reality of it is, for those people that continue and aren't like in our business and in the people that are listening to this, I mean, we're building our businesses on this mm. on Facebook. So if something is underreported and they're reporting it and we say it, that makes us part of the issue. So it's, it's something that we need to make sure that we have the most transparent data that we possibly can. And I ultimately it's not, it's not a huge deal, but it does spark another dialogue, right. which I think is very important. Yeah, no. I, and again, I, I agree that it's not a huge deal, um, the problem with uh, video views, the problem with reach, the problem with a lot of different metrics is you can't verify it as, as an advertiser. You have to take Facebook's word for it. So if they are going to underreport or overreport or whatever, it's just not accurate, there's no way for us to be sure. And so we have to take their word for it. So as a result, I just, I just find it inexcusable for them to have such poor controls in place that it was caught two years later. I mean, I don't think that there's anything done intentionally. I think that would be ridiculous and stupid. That'd be business suicide. But um, why does it take two years to figure it out? I mean, how do you not have double check, triple check processes automated, automated and otherwise in, in place at all times with the amount of staff and developers and everything else they got going on how does this even happen and how does it happen multiple times so right um that i mean that, so i'm mostly just annoyed by the discussion because it's like i think we're gonna over overblow the whole thing like we always do but on the other hand it's like why do you keep letting this happen and um so i mean i think what i think it, some of it go ahead yeah the, the final, final thing was for me is like the bottom line is make sure that you rely primarily on metrics you can actually verify. So, yeah, and I think that's exactly right. And I think you know a lot of this is um, is is just making sure that over time they are more transparent about it, and and they move more into the uh, move fast to make responsible decisions thing mm -hmm. than than their. I think this is a holdover from their old mentality, which was move fast and break things. I mean, stuff yeah. was, I mean, stuff, remember the, remember how unreliable stuff used to be in the power oh, editor yeah. and things oh, like yeah. that too. So, you know, I think that that's a, that's a part of that. Well, you know, one of the final things people are have been talking a lot about on the power hitters club, um, and those of you that aren't members, it's uh, johnloomer.com backslash PHC. It's a exclusive community of advanced Facebook advertisers that is uh, di discussions take place between 10 and 20 and sometimes upwards of 30 discussions a day on different topics of what people are seeing, getting feedback. Uh, but the, uh, the big thing that's talking about now is Facebook has released under their blueprint program, which is their training uh, materials that they have a new course. They have a Facebook courses that you can take um, to become a Facebook certified advertiser. Uh, and so, you know, I wanted to get your thoughts on it, John, and kind of what you think about uh, the courses and, and, and where you think maybe they're trying to go with this and, and what you think, what you'd suggest to the people listening to this. Let me start by saying I think that certification in general um, is mostly BS. And <laughs> it really is. And yeah. so I've had a lot of people 
ask me to create some sort of certification, badge, whatever, test. And, you know, we've, we've kind of toyed with it. But every scenario I come up with, I just think it's complete BS. Now, I, and first of all, before I even get to the Facebook side of it, the, the, why it's normally BS is you're usually paying for a course or something that you may or may not even show up to. So you basically pay for the certification or you have to take some test that the answers are probably all online or you just have to know somebody who took the test and you can get the answers from. So in either case, it's complete BS. Um, now with Facebook, the nice thing about being Facebook is that they can be a little bit more sophisticated or a lot more sophisticated. Now I haven't, I haven't done the certification, but my understanding is they've, you've got to take a test. There's some other controls in place. The test is randomized. You're not going to see the same questions that other people have taken. And, um, so the way they're doing it. Um, should result in a more valuable true certification. Now, based on what you've told me, I've heard from others, is that the questions are kind of ridiculous. But uh, I don't know. I, I feel like you and I, you know, anyone who kind of takes this stuff seriously, we should probably be taking it anyway just to know what other people are doing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... I, I just don't have a strong feeling or positive feeling about yeah, certification I, in general. I, it's... It's interesting. It's uh, it, you know, I think the certification itself um, is full of a lot of questions that may not qualify you as a as someone that is a Facebook advertiser, right? It usually um, your results speak for yourself. If you're someone that has clients that do direct response and they have been with you for a long time, that should speak for itself. You've helped them build their business on Facebook and 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 you know using Facebook tools. So I think that's one thing. Uh, there's another thing is you know most of the questions that are on there uh, not most some um, are are questions that somebody like me or you is not going to use I mean, we're not going to be we're not going to be talking about if a client should do a certain brand lift study. Or, I mean, it's just the type of thing that the people that we interact with, i.e., people spending you know less than let's say fifty thousand a month are probably not going to be doing that type of thing as much. And so um, there's, an, there's an application part to it, right, that it's like, is it, does it apply to the things that I'm doing? On the other hand, um, if something is out there, right, that is a first pass at a certification that can help you differentiate yourself to show, I do know this. I mean, I know every angle. Not only do I know how it works, but I know how Facebook thinks it should work, <laughs> which right. are two separate things, right? And you call, you, I know people listen to this. You've talked to a Facebook rep, and this is not a blanket statement against Facebook reps, but you talk to a Facebook rep. The things that they will suggest to you are usually not good advice. And I yeah. always say thank you to the Facebook reps because they keep me in business because yeah. people call me and say, I don't know what they said. It's not really working. And so there's there's a reality and a perceived reality that's part of this, right? And yeah. so this is, and that's it's kind of hard because you built your business on it and you got to take it. And you probably should go through and there's study materials and there's tons of stuff you should know, of which I would say from what I saw in the practice tests and the study materials, maybe forty percent of it is stuff that's actually something that would be useful to know and a good idea to know. Right. Um, the other parts of it are things that I'm like, you know, this just doesn't apply unless you're spending zillions of dollars and you're somebody that's running huge agency accounts. Which maybe you are that person and maybe it's worthwhile. My assumption again, I, I'm kind of speaking 
out of turn here because I haven't even looked at the any of the practice tests or the test itself. Um, but I just know what a challenge putting together a test like that is because I created that 30-question quiz that you can access on my website that will basically tell you whether you're beginner, intermediate, advanced, whatever. The biggest challenge is you can't have any gray area in the answer. So I, I don't know if... if you know what face the facebook's questions are like but you can't have anything you can argue with it can't be like what strategy should you use kind of thing like right, right. no i so it's it's got to be something that's airtight case like this is the answer so even with my 30 question quiz it's, it was challenging to come up with 30 questions because you have to have definite right and wrong answers you have to go through like nuts and bolts crap that mm-hmm. you're like who cares like oh, i was like who even cares about this so if they're doing a test that is randomized, so multiple people can't take the same test, you just got to start imagining how many questions there actually are. So there are a lot of us like, so what else should we ask? I don't know. You know, it's like, it's got to be a definite yes or, you know, definite, definite right and wrong answer. So it's just inevitable. You're going to have a whole bunch of stuff where you're like, who the hell even needs to know this? It, it has to happen. And it's got to be stuff that's completely buried because how mm-hmm. else do you come up with that many questions? Um, so, I mean, again, I, I'm speaking out of turn because I haven't actually looked at any of the tests or pretests or anything, but just creating my own tests, I just know that that's really difficult to do. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a challenge. And it's something that I think you know, we'll continue to talk about and continue to see. I think it's just worth putting out there about kind of the feelings that we have about it and, and what we're hearing. And maybe we'll hear feedback from other people. But uh, I tell you, I think it is coming upon a time to get the tab, and I will pick it up this time. I appreciate that, John. Well, I got to finish my beer here. Hold on. So for those of you that are listening and interested in possibly booking a one-on-one meeting. You know where I was going, but I was John trying to finish my beer. or myself. Yeah. Or, or, or JR. Or JR. Excuse me, or JR as well, who's you know very popular guest on this podcast. Uh, he gets he actually gets quite a bit of fan mail. Is um. You can go on to johnloomer.com and on the top bar it says one-on-one and you can book time with uh, Mr. John Loomer himself or myself or JR and we can basically go into uh, whatever you want to talk about you know what do you need help with and uh, so we can you can book time with us on there and hopefully that's something that you take advantage of uh, and, and find valuable yeah and um, I'm, I'm gonna change the, the URL for that so that we can make it easy to find so if you just go to johnloomer.com slash consult or consult however you want to apply <laughs> uh, apply the emphasis um, and if you can't spell that you're probably not a good fit it's me. yeah it's it, consult consult it's it's like a, it's like a waiter walking over and saying enjoy guys or and saying enjoy guys yeah because the the, uh, the 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 current and not, not to, look I've had a beer so I'm this is gonna sound right. the current URL would be impossible for this podcast because it's one it's one spelled out one one o n e dash on dash and what kind of dash just a da- dash not 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 straight, the underscore a, the dash a straight dash on, okay on dash one o n e dash the number one <laughs> that's the current URL. So then, and then the number one, I think you have to draw, you have to then take a screenshot of it and draw <laughs> a tiger. No, oh, yeah, that's it. So anyway, 
johnloomer.com slash consult or consult. I think it would be a good one, unless we need to change it. But I think that, that that's what we're going to stick with. Um, and uh, so basically you can set up a call with either me, Andrew, JR. Um, now, if you want to talk about Facebook marketing, either me or Andrew. So the, the, one of the reasons we have both me and Andrew is that um, you know I only do this on Thursdays. So I set aside Thursday afternoons, and that's it. And there's sometimes people are like, ah, I need, I need to talk now, immediately. And then Andrew might also have some availability. So and Andrew is also uh, more, more charitable than I am, and he offers it a little bit uh, less expensively. So if, but with no less value. Um, so I'm ripping you off, basically. You should just sign up with Andrew. And then with JR... Um, basically, it's more business stuff. Just do not talk Facebook ads with Jr. Uh, you got to talk about you know setting up your business because he's pretty much the guy who's behind me starting my business in the first place. Yeah, and I will say Jr. is a you know, huge resource, and uh, and I, I also there's a lot of people that are beginners, and, uh, and that's something that I've helped a lot of beginners as well. And so if I can be helpful to you in that in your in kind of getting started with Facebook, I also. You know, can talk advanced Facebook advertising too, um, but uh, it's it's up to you and uh, kind of what works for you. And, and I will be offering more times. I don't have a ton of time available now for October, but I will be offering more times as the long cold winter goes on. I will be ready to talk a little bit more. So, well, thanks for uh, thanks for letting me interview you today, John, on the social media John Loomer podcast. Uh, I think, should, I think we should throw in that John Loomer digital song again at the end, maybe right here. Cue that up. How's that go? John Loomer digital podcast. It's a little ditty. Is it like uh, a pubcast? Is it anything like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Pubcast. <laughs> but then you, you missed so, the social media exam. There's social, oh, social media. Social, social media pubcast. So how do I, see, I don't even remember how we did that. There's no social media. I, I, you don't say social media, right? You completely no, messed not, up my jingle. It's that's not even the name of the show. I said John Loomer. I said John Loomer Digital in the song, the original song. But it has nothing. That's that's not in the name of the show. I know, but it's <laughs> nobody knows that the name of the show is called the. Pub, pub, I mean, maybe the pubcast. You will know that, but nobody else is called the social media pubcast. Why well, we all talk, we always talk about Facebook anyway? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Except all for right, JR's people. Now. JohnLumer.com slash consult or consult. Right? All right. Thanks for being on again, Andrew. Thanks for taking the wheel. And, uh, yeah, until next time, do awesome things. Do awesome things. That's right. We're out.